Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema. In the movie podcast that is coming to you in the week of the Oscars. The Oscars are about to happen. By the time you listen to this, the Oscars will have happened. My name is Tosin, I am the host, I am based up in the Midlands in um, in the UK, and joining me as always on the Isle of Wight is Sharon Bolland. Hello. Hi Sharon. Now, Sharon, I don't know about you, but I know we've spoken about this before on the podcast, but I think this year is the year in which I am the most, I don't think I've ever been as nonplussed about awards and Oscars and all that kind of stuff as I have been this year. I know we recently had the BAFTAs, a whole bunch of films won, and I was like, meh. <laughs> It's, it's there. There was like there's there was like no emotional investment, no emotional reaction of oh my god, I really wanted that film to win. It was just kind of like a yeah, okay, cool, yeah, those happened, yeah, whatever. I I don't know about you, but that's that's the way I'm feeling. No, I'm the same. I I probably I don't actually even know who who was nominated this year. Mm. Normally, there's a bit of buzz about the best films, and I couldn't tell you what the films are this year. Mm. And with the BAFTAs, I got confused over what was the nominal cinema release, and then went to Netflix. So films I thought were as thought of as Netflix films were in the nominations. So I was yeah. certainly confused about how they qualify. And yeah, because a lot of there, I thought I don't remember that having a cinema release. <laughs> well, the, 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 okay, it, and I think this might be part of the problem. It might be the film landscape, which is one of the things we we nominally talk about on this com- on this show. So, if you're new to this show, what we do is that we tend to go to the cinema, watch a couple, or watch a couple of things, go home, watch a couple of things, rate them all out of five, and see where money has been better spent this week. Now, the line was getting massive, massively blurred between what is cinema and what is streaming for a while before the pandemic happened. And then the pandemic came along and really blasted it out of the water because there was a whole bunch of things that you were expecting to show up in cinemas that never made it to cinemas and just showed up on some streaming platform. Sometimes with absolutely like no publicity, no um, fanfare, they were just there. And there were some things that, um, like even you had HBO Max who said that they were going to release all the big things, like Dune, they were going to release it at home. And there was this opera of, oh my God, you've got to show that on the cinema screen. And then you have things that um, are like, there's a, a one of the big films for the Oscars is a film called Coda, which stand, stands for Child of yeah. Deaf Adults. Yeah, and that is an Apple film. If you go onto Apple, when Apple are trying to get you to pay for their stuff, Apple have Coda, yeah, you can watch Coda. Look, ooh, we're going to get an Oscar and all our Oscar nominations and all that. Apple put that up front and center. And that film, most people would have seen it on Apple, on Apple TV+. Plus. It was in a cinema at some point for maybe two weeks to qualify for the <laughs> thing. But it is. So essentially, it was Apple bought it. And, but I think that most of these films, they will have some sort of clause in there. Or Apple will know that for their own good, it's best to make sure it has, a, it has the minimum theatrical run required to qualify for awards. So I think maybe because of that, because of this sort of fragmented, this is all over the place, and you might never have watched that unless you have paid, like, I think some, I saw something where they were trying to say that all of the streaming services, if you're going to pay, for, if you're going to get, have all the streaming services for a whole year, it was going to cost you over £2,000 to have all, all the streaming services. So 
there's going to be a whole bunch of films that are going to be on some service somewhere that you would not have had access to unless you figure it out somehow. So I, that might be part of it. And so, but all these films will have had met the technical requirements to be nominated because they would have been in cinemas for at least two weeks somewhere, sometime, probably nowhere near where you live. So, <laughs> so it, because obviously, I mean, you're on the Isle of Wight, I'm in the Midlands, it would probably be in London somewhere. So those are films yeah, well, that we're not going to get to see in the cinema. Do festival screenings count or does that not count as a general... That I do not believe festival screenings count. It has to be general release where people actually have to pay tickets to go see the film. That it has to have been there to do that because sometimes festival screenings, films are shown in festivals and it might be two years before the film actually makes it to a yeah. cinema. So festival screenings do not count. So yeah, all in all, just to say that this year, awards, all that kind of stuff, not that bothered. The only thing that I think actually got my got got uh, made me prick up my ears and go, okay, cool, I'm happy about that. Was um, there's an actress called Joanna Scanlon, Joanna Scanlon, and she won yeah, uh, she best, best actress, actress for a film yes. I'd never heard of. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd heard of the film, I never found it anywhere. I still don't know where I can watch it. It's called After Love. After I Love, believe. yes, yeah, After Love, and Joanna Scanlon is an actress who I love. And she is she is English. She is she's English. Well, I don't know whether huh, is she Northern or is she? The thing I know her for is her playing. She, there's a TV show called No Offense, and she plays this um, sort of like uh, chief or superintendent or whatever the term is in like a police force in Manchester. And she has this one line that is in the trailer for No Offense when when the first season before the first season was released, where they're talking about taking risks. And she, she just asked her entire squad, she's like, so does anybody else think that level of risk is sexy? <laughs> and her delivery on that line, ever since I've heard that line, I'm like, okay, I'm in love with this woman. So, and, and she's been doing good work without, and but she's always one of those in the background characters. She's not really like an above the title kind of person. And the fact that she got re recognized and the fact that she actually won, but I was like, yes, good. Uh, it. I was like, I would much rather that than Lady Gaga in the House of Gucci, which is a performance that I am kind of baffled is getting nominated for stuff. But I'm getting baffled at anything apart from maybe the the costumes from the House of Gucci is getting nominated. But anyway, I'm sure the Oscars will happen, and I will go. Yeah, whatever. Because okay, yeah. I can't remember who won last year. So I know it was like a lockdown ceremony, and it was a weird thing, but. I can't. I have got no recollection of any of the winners last year. I was. I was trying to remember this. I can remember best supporting actor. That was kind of the no Daniel Kaluuya, and I remember best actor was um, Anthony Hopkins for the father. Oh, for, for the father, yes. Yeah, I remember best film was Nomadland. Best actress was Frances McDormand. Oh yeah, this is coming back, and best supporting actress was. Cannot remember. Nope, can't remember. That one's gone. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's um yeah. Well, obviously last year was muted, but this year with things being open again, it's it's all a bit weird. But anyway, anyway, enough of us. Enough of us talking about that. Let's get to what anybody who clicked on play came for, which is us wittering on about the films we're going to talk about this week. So at cinemas, what film did you see this week? At cinema, I saw a film called Dog. Dog. Channing Tatum and a German Shepherd. German and Shepherd. 
And I saw, we're, we're, we're with like one word titles this week, and I saw a film called X at cinemas. <laughs> and at home, what did you see? I saw another, almost like a single hander, like Ooh. Dog. It was called uh, Desperate Hour with Naomi Watts. Oh, okay, cool. Desperate Hour. I, f- I feel like I've heard the title, but don't know much about that. And I saw at home a film called Fresh on Disney+. Plus. Um, now, this I think it is... I have documented well and long and hard on this podcast about how I do not like horror movies. I do not see the point. Why are you trying to watch something whose sole purpose is to scare you, especially slasher movies? And it's weird that this week I seem to have morphed into Sean and I have seen a slasher movie at the cinema and what is essentially a horror movie at home (laughs) (laughs) on Disney+. Plus. So I decided, okay, fine. I'm, I miss I miss Sean so much that I'm going to watch a slasher. I'm going to go for a horror week. <laughs> but all right, cool. So I'll tell you what, let us kick off with, we'll kick off with X. Um, I'll talk, then Sharon talks twice, then I talk. All right, so let's kick off with X. So X is a, oh, I set a timer going. X is a, as I said, it's a, it's a, a It's essentially a slasher film. It's a slasher film that is influenced by slasher films of the 70s. So things like, there's things about this film that are very kind of like almost Friday the 13th. Uh, I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you can really see the sort of, the the sort of handprint of Texas Chainsaw Massacre on this film, especially because it's set in Texas. And the idea behind this and what lends the X of the title its name is the fact that you have a... Uh, and Sharon, I I'm I'm apologize for making you blush. This might offend your sensibilities. But you have a pornographic film crew who are essentially traveling around Texas and trying to find a location in which to film a pornographic film. So you have, so it's quite a small crew. You have the performers in the film. You have the executive producer who is dating the who who the person who he's trying to make the star of the film he's kind of like yeah you're gonna be a star stick with me and by the way have a relationship with me so not problematic at all so, <laughs> so no triggers there. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like no problematic at all and so he he has that you have the young director of the film who whose girlfriend is a sound recordist played by jenna tiger and you have um uh what's her name britney snow and kid Cudi or scott mascudi as he goes nowadays but playing the main sort of actors in this film and it's about them trying to find this place and they find this secluded farm i mean everything about this it's it's just kind of like tick off the box secluded farm (laughs) in the middle of texas check um old man and old woman who are a bit reclusive um who own the farm check and they say okay cool can we just rent your guest house so they have the guest house and once they have the guest house they're in the guest house but nobody nobody knows like the people in the 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 old man or woman in the house don't know what it is that they're doing in the guest house and in the manner of horror movies you probably already know where this is going bad stuff starts to happen to people (laughs) what are the odds bad stuff starts to happen to people and i think this is one of those films that is very knowingly being this type of film so it is so this film is is going yeah it's no it's it's no surprise that people are going to get killed it's no surprise that they're going to get picked off one by one it's no surprise that when somebody says go downstairs into the basement and get that thing that that is a bad idea you can see that's a bad idea but the character's going to do it anyway <laughs> it's no surprise and all these different things and and I, I think it's very normally made like that as someone who's not a big fan of those films i can't see everything that they're referencing and i maybe can't quite get the nudge nudge wink wink about it 
the thing that I think is a bit different is because because it's it's focusing on films. It's taking its lead from films of the seventies, and in those t- in that time, people who were making horror movies, and I, I think it does it it does a sort of clever mirroring thing where it's mirroring scenes in the porno that they're shooting with scenes in the horror movie that you're watching. If you get what I mean. So they show you a scene and then they show you this and they show you the scene and they show you this. Don't worry, not the not the main bits that you would expect in the world, but like, you know, all the sort of like the setups of, oh, my daddy's not around. What are you going to do about that? All that nonsense. <laughs> and, and so like they're mirroring the both of them. And I think I think that there is some commentary being made about the nature of the porn industry and the nature of the horror industry especially in the 70s and how they were both a little bit maverick and they were a little bit the director of the porn film keeps talking about how he wanted to elevate the art and make something that has some sort of social commentary on it and i know that with horror movies that's something that they were doing so in the 70s the horror movie wasn't just about people getting killed but there was some sort of commentary going on in there and in this film they seem to be making a point like you know you have the whole thing of the people who have sex in the horror movie die. die. <laughs> so so it, it's things and in this they have this whole thing where the 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 theme seems to be about youth versus age and whether youth is wasted on the young and whether older people resent younger people for being young, whether younger people think older people and there's something in there that I haven't quite sort of like figured out that they're that they're doing but the motivations for the murders that happen is different from something that i've seen in horror movies before so the film starts uh, it starts mia goth and in very many ways um this is mia goth's film it is it is her film she is kind of she's the person in the porno who is trying to be made a star and it's almost as if this whole film was built to make her a star (laughs) as well so there's some sort of multi-level meta thing going on it, there, there's bits where i think it's just like it's a slasher thing there's bits where it has a sense of humor about the genre it is and the kind of things that it's going to do and about how stupid people are that um and for someone who doesn't like horror movies i didn't mind it mu- that much it doesn't um it doesn't hang around too long i think it's probably about 90 minutes long and That's the, the old horror films as well well, yeah, I, I, and I think you don't really need to be longer than this, so I, I would give it a three out of five. Um, although it did, it did reinforce my 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 thoughts that in a horror movie of this style, as long as you get into the cinema, excuse me, as long as you get into the cinema before the first person gets killed, you haven't missed anything because I was late for this film, <laughs> <laughs> and I walked in, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that all I've missed is the setup. And it made me wonder, yeah. uh, in these sort of films, has anything significant? that you will miss ever happened before the first person gets killed. Because obviously back in the day, film classifications, X was the classification for horror and X was the yes. classification for porn. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, and that's, I think that's why it's called X. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's a nice little wink. There, there's some stuff in there that I think people who are more au fait with, um, with horror would pick up and pro- possibly people who are more au fait with porn. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't, I think that's a reference, but I don't know. So, so I think it's... one of our friends, Joe, who's hasn't been on our, who's been on our previous podcast shows. Yeah. Um, 
he did a little review on it when he went to see it with another one of our friends, um, Happy John. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he picked up on a lot more of the references, but both of them are, are know their, their 70s horror probably yeah. far more than I do. So I know their, his mini review of it was full of nods to other... It's one of the. I figured that it, it had to be full of those. I figured it had to be full of those. The kind of film that it was, it was, it was quite knowing about those things, and it and and I think it does them well. I just don't know them enough about seventies horror. And a lot of these films from the seventies became the video nasties of the sort of nineties, and a lot yeah. of the filmmakers of today probably saw these films in that sort of the age of the video. Yeah. Thing. And so they're come of age as filmmakers themselves. So you can understand how it may seem like a long, like 40 years ago, but these films are probably rediscovered 20 years ago. And now those filmmakers are going, you know what? We want to acknowledge the, the part yeah, of the Yeah, acknowledge the people who, who inspired us and, um, yeah. uh, and hey, more power to them. The, uh, I saw at the cinema in the lockdown, um, The Boys from County Hal was an Irish horror film, but yeah. I could see in that loads of references to films of the 70s, horror films of the 70s, more around the sort of British end, like the you know American Wales and London types, but there were yeah. certain loads of horror movies and I probably missed most of the references in that. <laughs> so I think <laughs> it's that these people are coming of age as their own, in their own right and nodding to their influences. Yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine so. So, but that that was that was my thing. I think the biggest thing that I thought about it is I I've, I felt like there was enough. Of, it wasn't just a slasher movie where you just kill yeah. young people for the sake of it. I mean, it it is that, but it, it's that with a little bit extra on top. I quite like some of the commentary that was going on. I like the way that they intercut scenes from both different films. It makes you wonder why they're doing that. It makes you question that, and also the whole the commentary on age. The commentary on age is a very I think it's. It's an interesting one that you, there's many ways in which you can make a film that comments on age. This is just one way <laughs> that the director, Ty West, has decided to go. So, bully for him. Anyway, so that is it for X, what three stars for X. That one, did I oh, three? It? No, yeah, yeah, three stars. Three stars. Three stars. Three stars for X. Um, uh, right, so we go over to you and it is, we're going into home territory and stuff that's seen at home. And this is what the Naomi, what's one-handed that you saw? So tell us about this. This is a film called Desperate Hour. And again, like my other film I'm going to review, it's a, it's more or less a one-hander with sort of cameos. So okay. it's very much that sort of whole filmed in post-lockdown world. Oh, okay, gotcha, Naomi gotcha. Watts is a single mother. She's been bereaved that in the last year, her husband was killed tragically. She's been left with a teenage son who's a bit disaffected and a little bit, um, shell-shocked still from the loss of his father with a much mm. younger daughter. And you, the scene starts with her trying to get persuade him you know, to get up out of his room. He'd like semi-barricaded his door so to stop her from going in, but she like pushes the barricade out of the way, goes and says that you really need to go to school. You know, you've got to get yourself up and, you know, you've got to carry on with living. Um, and so then she says, right, I'm going to go for a run. Your sister's gone to school. I'm going to go for a jog. I'm going to leave it up to you, but you should go to school. And then as she's, she goes jogging into the woods. I don't know where it is. It looked like sort of the Pacific, Pacific Northwest type. Oh, in America somewhere. In America, mm -hmm. North America, woods and lots of trails. So she's off jogging, basically. And she goes for this long sort of five miler um, into the woods. And then as she's jogging along, she notices that there's a lot of police cars pass her. 
and then when she's on the road and then a bit later on she hears sirens wailing away and then her phone starts pinging like mad and basically there's a live shooter event at her son's school oh wow and the first part of the film is her basically trying to establish did her son go or not oh. and then as the story unfolds it's basically she has like the suspicion could it be her son who is the cause of all this oh. a disaffected youth yeah. who's got issues who lives with his mum and you know they have access to guns he's got he's known to be someone who spends a lot of time on the internet could he be a shooter and then as the story unfolds we begin to find out a bit more and then I don't want to sort of give any details away to unfold it, but that's yep. how it's all built up at the beginning that, you know, and then she is, but the, the desperate hour is basically she puts into her phone. There's a space, there's an area where the, all the parents are told to go, go to this community center and the police will brief you about what's happening at this event. So, yep. and she puts it in her phone. This is like, okay, so you're an hour away. So she calls like an Uber or the equivalent and they say, well, okay, we're 20 minutes away. So basically she starts jogging towards this, this location. location, going through the woods and she has a few trips and spills and she's on the phone to different people trying to say, like, okay, can you find out what's going on? Can you tell me what's happening? On to the police, can you tell me what's happening? So you're hearing the whole story, a bit like the phone booth type thing where oh yeah, it's basically Naomi Watts running through a woods. And then you begin to sort of the other elements are introduced, but that's okay, the basic premise. Oh yeah, no, no. I I actually quite like films like this, and when they're done well, when they're done well, they are they are brilliant. Like there's a film called Searching dot dot dot, which was released a couple of years ago with John Cho, which I think is a total, I think is a bottom classic. And essentially, the whole film is this guy trying to figure out what happened to his daughter. But the whole, f or you, the the thing you see for the whole film is his um, computer screen. So the whole thing is his computer screen. It just goes around him talking to this person, sending this email, doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, I love films. I yeah. love it when, when, when if they have this conceit and if they can maintain it and do it well, it's brilliant. So because we're trying not to give too much away, do they do it well? Yes, I mean, it's the, in like some of these other films, they it went, I went, it, they sort of kept it realistic. And then one part of it, I just thought, I don't think that would happen. I just don't think that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> so they kept it real. And then you had this one sort of flight of fancy, to me. Yeah. I was like, um, <coughs> at that, I probably would have had a bit more time for the film. So I think that did detract from it a little bit. But on the whole, Naomi Watts, I think she's always reliable, isn't she? She's, yes, yes, she knows how to deliver. She knows how to deliver sort of like anguished mum. Mm. we've seen in things like the impossible and other films she knows how to she's very good at running i mean i'd give her due she's <laughs> most of this hour <laughs> so she's certainly a good runner and she's running whilst talking on the phone which i don't know if if you've ever tried running while talking on the phone you like I, the phone I, I i i have <laughs> done before hang on a second hang on a second uh quiet and there's even one bit when she's like texting and she's running yeah. And I, I don't know Sorry. about you, I can't. I've got to stand still and I'm squinting, holding my glasses out of the way, trying to text. So uh, all power to you if you can run and text at the same time. Crikey. I, I have I have learned, I've started learning how to push a, how to push a push chair with a baby in it and text at the same time. I, <laughs> I, have, I have learned from necessity, even though it's probably not a good idea. But I, I have gotten some of those skills. <laughs> so part of this, um, yeah, so enjoy the film, good film. Um, 
yeah, with the, with the one sort of flight of fancy that I found a little bit just beyond my credibility. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, the performances were solid. You only see her and maybe sort of two other people that she interacts with. The rest of people are like voice voice artists or on the phone, yeah. Or you know, sort of and some few extras that keep their social distancing. So there's oh, very yeah. little sort of personal interacting with anyone. Oh yeah. Oh, like that Tom Hardy film Lock. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, but... Yeah. I thought what it is for the premise it is it's done very well. I think part of it was um it's obviously coming coming from a point of view as like you know the social commentary on this sort of event and yeah. one of the she's on one point she's on the phone to her daughter and she said oh yeah we did we we did it we acted like we did in our drill you know we turned the lights out we sort of hid we did a duck and cover thing and i think the sort of social commentary is like you know this is this is what school is like nowadays is what school is like where you have to learn yeah. how to respond to a live shooter event yeah so, I think there was a commentary on that and I think it was clear that where they stood on that whole thing is like, you know, you know, you know what we're putting our children through. Yeah. <laughs> that particular culture that, you know, children have that experience of going to school is that it is not just swinging your school bag, going to school, having a happy day. They do drills for dealing with live shooter events. Yeah. So uh, how many so stars would you give it? I would give it three stars. I thought, yeah, there's lots to like about it, but there's the odd thing that I thought, no, I can't see that ever happening. Mm. without you actually getting prosecuted yourself so <laughs> i would be i'll give a three right cool naomi watts who i recently found out is english and Born in England, yeah and then she was raised in australia wasn't she a bit like yeah, I, I thought she was australian my whole yeah. life i thought she was australian and then if i don't know she's english i'm like what <laughs> there's a few like that who like julian anderson i think she was she raised here and then went to American as a teen and then came back and then back and forth. So when she's here, she's English accent. And when she's in America, she's got American accent. Yeah, she she, she has two accents. So that, that, as they have done with everything, there is a term for that. But is it, when she's in England, she has an English accent. When she's in America, she has an American accent. Yeah. So, yeah, well, it's... Know, um, I've got a friend of mine who's Irish. She was born in Dublin, Ireland. So in proper Southern Ireland. When yeah. he's there, he speaks with Irish accent. And when he's here you would not know that he had any Irish in his <laughs> at all. <laughs> he tends, he could turn it on and off. <laughs> well, it, it is like, it's, I, don't, I don't turn it on and off because obviously being Nigerian, when I speak with, uh, when I speak with Nigerians for a long enough time, the accent gets thicker. I don't think I, I don't think I totally turn it on and off. I will definitely not consciously, but um, because even now I don't think I sound too, I don't think I sound English, but, but <laughs> It, it, it does change. Right, cool. So that was our first thing in Netflix, in the Netflix arena. And now if you go back to cinemas, what did you see in cinemas this week? I saw a film called Dog in the cinema, which Dog. I think is quite a good companion piece to Desperate Out. Because again, it was filmed during the lockdown, post-lockdown period. Mm -hmm. And most of it is one person interacting with a dog. And yep. then have other people come in as like cameos almost. So they do sit side by side quite neatly. Mm -hmm. but Dog is a film about um, an ex-serviceman played by Channing Tatum who has was injured and then invalided out of the army. Mm -hmm. sort of, he was a ranger, I believe. And his um, his platoon, were, a lot of them were injured and invalided out at a similar time. The dog was injured and the dog's handler was injured. And they were all basically invalided out because of the nature of their injuries. And now he is desperately trying to get back in for service. Yeah. And in order to get back in for service, he has to prove basically that he's fit to do it. And he's been desperately trying to get this certificate of fitness to say, you can come back in because you're no longer a danger to yourself or to anyone yeah. else. Your, 
he had a brain injury, so that would obviously make him uh, more vulnerable in any combat yeah. situation. And basically, he agreed to, to his colleague, who was the dog handler, um, was killed in a car accident. And the family have requested that he, this, this officer's uniform and the dog attend the funeral. Yeah. Which is a week away in sort of Arizona, and they're basically up in the northwest. So they're yeah. up above Portland, up in the practically Canada. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he has to travel along, like a, and then they won't, can't fly with the dog because of the dog's injuries. It's, does, it's not amenable to flying. So they have to drive this dog over five days from one top of America down to sort of Arizona. Yeah. And so, and in, he was told that if he will do this, they'll sign his ticket to say you yep. can come. And so it's almost like a, you do this for us, we'll do this for you. Scratch and then, our backs, we scratch yours. Yes, which I can't think, it's not ethical. <laughs> it's not safe. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the arrangement is like, no, we're my old buddy in the army and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, what's a ranger? Always a ranger. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Then, we, then the film progresses, basically it's a road trip between this man and the dog. Yep. And you get to see, in some ways, it's like about the rehabilitation of of him if through these sort of series of misadventures he encounters different people um some sort of not sex workers they're like tantric they, they help people with sort of sexual health by oh yeah, of yeah 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 gotcha and he encounters them and he's like what hey i'm in here and then they're saying actually your body's in pain you're in pain we would like you know to try to help you and so the story basically is about their both of the dog and his rehabilitation. Now the dog is very sensitive; it um, can be quite aggressive, and it can turn on. It gets very stressed. It's always panting because it's stressed. It doesn't yeah. like being touched, or so it's part of his body because it's like a trigger for aggression. Yeah. And so most of the time, the dogs have to be muzzled, and when it's not muzzled, it will be tearing furniture apart, tearing the car apart, and it's sort of they're both damaged in each their own ways, and they're both. Yeah struggling so there's this journey and as each person you meet another element of their past is revealed and another sort of step on the path to rehabilitation is sort of achieved um slowly slowly and so but one of the things we don't know at the beginning or you learn quite early on is that after the funeral because the dog is so unpredictable they don't believe she'll be safe to be rehoused so oh, they yeah. take her to be euthanized basically yeah and so his journey is to take her to the funeral and then take her to the nearest army base where they will safely euthanize her because she's just not safe to be around yeah so so it sounds like it has all the elements of a tearjerker it sounds it sounds like it has the elements of a tearjerker and also the fact that it's an american road movie and that is that is a bit like what we're saying with the one person on screen for most of the time thing. It's something that if it's done properly, it can be really, really good. And I think road movies, when they're done properly, they can be almost sort of like magical and almost sort of like transcendental. And if they're not, they can just be really cliched. Like this is the point where we meet the old person who has or oh, lived a lot of life and has a whole bunch of wisdom that's going to pass this down to that. And it's going to tell us the one thing now that's going to make, like, you know, fix our lives for the rest of the, at least the film. So it, it things things like that. So how is this done? There's elements of that. There's elements of like, um, and and they they can't resist introducing humor because the channel taking film. They cannot resist um, making light of it. And because yep. they they're quite heavy on the humor, it does take away some of the pathos. Yeah. 
So instead of you really seeing the emotional journey of this man and this dog, you yeah. see one sort of funny incident leading to another funny incident, leading to a sad incident, leading to a moving incident, which is like, oh, this is real. Let's yeah. make it real. And then it's like humour again. And so where it sort of switches between, and because it's, this was just my prejudice, because it's an American film, it's got quite a broad humour. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of not terribly subtle because i quite like the subtle nods where it makes you laugh yeah the gesture because of a look whereas this is much broader than that so i find the humor sometimes can be a little bit heavy and then the the words of wisdom again can feel a little bit heavy yeah rather than, we'll drop this here and let you think about it it's like we're gonna really punch you in the face with this we one. gotta we gotta ram this point home yeah and cue again, the, the strings cue the strings so there's a moment where you it almost like there's a there's a moment where it's like okay cry now moment yeah <laughs> and yeah i was watching this with a friend and we were both a bit like oh this is and we're the only ones in the cinema and we were a bit like oh this is a bit emotional this moment because we <laughs> were chatting to each other a little bit not a lot but yeah but oh that was all and you think yeah there was a bit like a cry now uh, moment um so I, I could see what they wanted to achieve, but for me, it wasn't subtle enough in its nuances to actually yeah. achieve that. But it was a good effort. So I would give it a three as, a, again, like a companion piece. There's elements of it I liked very much. Some of the things were genuinely funny. Some of them were genuinely moving, but those sort of subtle, that, that sort of flow to me was a little bit lacking to make it a really powerful film. So I was a good effort. Again, it was like the other film talking about, you know, a commentary on life events. This was, again, yeah. a on there's a whole generation of young men who went to afghanistan and fought in yeah. Iraq, and a lot of these men have been put out cast out into the world basically on their own yeah yeah <laughs> and service dogs have been like we're going to train you up for this one role and then when that role is finished we've got no place for you yeah so it's about you know taking responsibility for your men and for the other people that you have served your country in whatever capacity yeah because yeah because i was getting a little bit of a feeling about this film like um the there was a certain genre of films going back to the 70s again the certain a certain genre of films in the 70s which were about the vietnam vet getting home and yeah. then what happens to them when they get home and how yeah, you've done this, you've served your country, but now you don't fit in society anymore. We don't have a place for people like you in society, so good luck. And uh, and I was getting snippets of this, uh, like this, obviously because Afghanistan has some similarities. Yeah, a war that yeah. went on for a long time. Yeah, it has some similarities. With no real conclusion, it just dragged yeah, on. Ha has a similar life. fallout. Yeah, yeah. Has, a, has a similar fallout. And I was getting that kind of feel of this. Like, it's kind of like almost, you know, one man traveling across and seeing the state of America and trying to figure out what his place in it is and stuff like that. But anyway, so that's three stars for Dog. And so now we go to our final film of this show. Our final film of this show. We'll see whether we we might get back to three films in cinema, three films soon. I have plans because Sw because Sean has essentially been claimed by Thailand now. And <laughs> I think Sean is pretty much a Thai citizen as, as far as we know. So when we when we get a little bit of those of a Sean, we will be like, yes, thank you. But I have plans. Be like, thank you, Sean. You can watch all this stuff. We. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah. When, when Sean comes back and watches over this, I have plans to get us to three a week, which includes it involves guest essentially involves a guest third person, and we'll see. We'll have like it could be like our version of X Factor, Sharon. We can sort of like have people on this, and then we can see what they're like and see whether we like them and see whether they can come back and they have like you know a trial for a couple of weeks. <laughs> what was that one? If you don't yeah, like, we just... <laughs> we're just gonna it's mute like, this bit. It's like, what's that you said? What what did you say? You said you said you liked the film. You said you liked the film Pompeii. Mute. <laughs> Next. <laughs> it's like well, yeah, we know Sean says he liked it, but he's allowed. No, not you. We're not having another one of you in here. <laughs> right. Okay. One fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy. Oh, bye. It's, oh yeah, we're, we're losing you. We're losing you. Get out. <laughs> All right, but now we go to a final film for this week. A final film for this week, and that is a film called Fresh, and it's a film on uh, on Disney Plus, starring Sebastian Stan, uh, he of Winter Soldier fame, and Daisy Edgar Jones, she of I Am Reliably Informed Normal People fame, because Normal People was based uh, was this thing that was based on a novel by an Irish author called Sally Rooney that was on BBC Three and was massive right at the beginning of the pandemic and everybody was watching it and I never have so <laughs> yeah but that was a real her real big thing so for that. <laughs> yeah that everybody knows Daisy Edgar Jones from yeah. that and I think she is I'm quite happy for her that she is now beginning to parlay that into other roles especially in America and this is her doing um i think eventually i will watch something which daisy edgar jones actually plays an english woman but so far the things i've heard of is she was playing an irish woman in um normal people and now she's playing an american so this is her playing state coming up in where the crawdad i know where the crawdads sing i think there's an adaption of that and she's in that yeah where the crawdads sing something that i saw the trailer for today and that's what made me think oh daisy edgar jones is making some moves (laughs) she's making some moves but she's getting there yeah, well, no, she's, she's getting that. It looks like they're putting a lot of money behind this. It is very proudly proclaiming that this will be in cinemas only. And um, and I'm thinking that if nowadays, if they're, if they're making a big deal about putting something in cinemas, they're putting some money behind it, as opposed to putting it onto a streaming platform, which I can imagine cost less. But um, so, yeah, I, 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 and I'll put aside the fact that I kept confusing her with A, and Hathaway, and B, Rebecca Hall, because <laughs> there's... Okay. There's bits of there's bits of her face that remind me of those two. I know they're different people. If I if I look for more than a second, I can tell them apart. But <laughs> but a fleeting glance, I'm like, oh, I saw the thumbnail of this. I was like, huh, is that Rebecca Hall? <laughs> and then you go in there. So this is Sebastian Stan, Daisy Edgar Jones, and this is a film in which it is hard to say anything about without spoiling it. It is it's a because. <clears throat> And a lot of the reviews you hear about this film don't really talk about the film so much as they talk about the reaction of the people who are watching the film to the film and trying very hard not to tell you anything about the film. Now, and um, it's something that I'm particularly aware because I figured out what this film was about based on, like, I think, based on, like, two lines of a review and the title of the film. I was like, oh, this is obviously what's going to happen. And so, so the film, so I watched the film and I was pretty much bang on. I don't know what that says about me, but until you watch the film, you don't realize. Yeah. So what, what was that, Sharon? 
probably seen too many films. It, it might mean that I've seen too many films, but I know a lot of people who have seen a lot of films who are still quite shocked by this and are still kind of like, what the heck is going on? But I was I was kind of like, that's exactly, that's obviously where it's going. But the basic thing of, so, okay, a lot of the films that we've been talking about today, we've been talking about it, we've used the word commentary quite often, saying this is like a commentary on blah, 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 blah. And this film is really about modern dating and what dating looks like and when people go on apps and how they meet people and in the beginning of the film there's a lot of talking about um how do do, do people actually just meet people in real life anymore or what happens when you go on and people go on dates and they meet horrible people uh, uh, uh so essentially the, it, it as i said as I said, this is like a horror film and at the beginning what it is it's like a dating horror film because it's just like whatever happens dating sucks is what happened and then um then the the daisy edgar jones's character noah meets steve played by sebastian stan and they randomly in real life they they get on things go on and everything like that and then they at some point they go away for a weekend in this there in this new budding relationships and things happen that is pretty much what it is now you would <laughs> essentially it would be a really boring film if they went away for a weekend, had a lovely time, and came back. So, so all you know is that things happen. And I am going to stop my review there. And okay. I'm going to stop my review there and say they go away, things happen. Because I would say go watch the film. The main, one of the reasons, as I said, I figured that this was a horror film. I figured it was going to... And I don't like horror films. But because people were talking about this film so much, I had to watch it to A, see if I was right. Um, a, I, well... Spoiler alert, I was. And B, I had to watch it just so... It was one of those weird things where I was pretty sure I knew what this thing was, but I did not want to read somebody spoiling it for me, if that makes sense. I did not want to have like what I thought was going to happen confirmed by a Wikipedia page or by somebody being to on Twitter, which this is the kind of film that I will do that kind of stuff for. But I will say the performances are good. There are, there are horror film things that happen in this that... Um, but <laughs> horrible things happening that you, you know like how i was saying with x they happen but the the characters make it a little bit more believable than and the performances make it a little bit more believable than what they usually would be there is there's a, a i mean a shout out to all the black people in the film like there's jojo t gibbs who plays her best friend molly who i think is actually i think is really really good and there's a guy who plays a barman called dio kenny and he is I feel like they could have done more with him, but he, he he's almost kind of like a commentary on the place of black people in films like this. So, okay. <laughs> like he he's pretty much driving around and he's making a commentary on what's happening to and what his place is in the story as it goes along. So it's knowing it knows what it is. It it has a bit of a sense of humor about some of the stuff that happens. The performances are good. I would give it a three out of five. It is a high three. But because it was exactly what I, it was kind of what I was expecting to happen that happened. And it's, and the fact that I'm not the biggest horror movie fan, um, I'm not the biggest horror movie fan. Uh, and I know, I think maybe because now I have a daughter, there's some stuff that happens in the film that makes me go, Ooh, I don't think I like that. So, <laughs> so, oh, 
So yeah, so it, it but it has it, it has stayed with me and it has made I'll tell you how bad it was. I watched this film and then there was a there was an interview with St- Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones that I did not want to listen to because I did not want to be remember reminded about this film. So so whether that's a good thing or a bad thing that this film has affected me enough that I don't want to listen to an interview because I don't want to be reminded about the film. Yeah, you make what you make of that what you will. You make I'm good, don't worry, I'm still here. You make of that what you will. But I would give that three stars out of five. So all that's left to do is to say who has won this week. Has it been Netflix or has it been cinema? Sharon. With it's when the, a dead heat. It, it is a dead heat. We have had we have had a three oh, excuse me. We have had a three out of five star week. <laughs> we have had the three out of five star week, which is not a bad week. No, um, there weren't any real duffers in there, but yeah, they were all worth a watch. I think yeah. you know, three's still good. <laughs> yeah, nothing blew us away. Nothing blew us away, but three's three's still good. And it's it and quite frankly, I mean, after last week, because last week we didn't have a show because there was nothing in the cinema. <laughs> there was there was nothing to see in the cinema. I was kind of like, I remember I actually looked at it and I thought it was just my local cinema being rubbish again. And I was just kind of like, what the? And I, I sent you a message going, is there yeah. anything new at the cinema? It was like, no, we've seen it all. There's nothing yeah, new this week. The only one we hadn't seen was on at three o'clock in the afternoon. And I was just like, okay, I'm not going to get to see that one. Yeah, I, I, I don't actually understand why that was. I don't understand what is, because usually when there's a Marvel movie that's been released, I expect nothing pretty much for the next two weeks. And this is just like a random week in the in the middle of the year, and people have missed a trick. No new films being released. Shove your film in that spot because people are going to watch it because it's the only thing on there. I'm like, how did they miss this week? How did they miss last week? I don't get it. But uh, yeah, um, so until next week when um, hopefully we will not be having a missed week because there's nothing in the cinema. I think all that is left to say is a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Thank you very much for joining us. We will see you again next week. Oh, my God.